1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey Jeff, shut up. Hell no.
2: I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second.
3: (laughs) This is Alabama coach Nate Oates. We're not playing. I watch Field of
1: 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Perra. I
3: love the Field of 68 After Dark show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark.
2: This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you
0: guys every morning when I'm getting
2: ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark.
0: Welcome to the Monday
4: evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM channel 84 college sports radio or live on YouTube, the field of 68 channel jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We'll be answering them during breaks. We'll be answering them during the afters after midnight uh, when we let loose just a little bit. We are watching the end of the Baylor-West Virginia game and the Texas-Texas Tech game as we speak. We're going to dive into North Carolina's loss to Miami today. We're going to break down some of the fielding, the 68 bracketology that we had, and we're going to get into some of the biggest weekend storylines. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me Terrence Oglesby. I have with me Tyler Hansbro. Before we get into tonight's show, I just think we need to acknowledge it. We are aware of what is happening on the Michigan State campus campus right now there are not enough details for us to really speak about it intelligently so uh, we're just going to say our thoughts and prayers are with everybody affected and everybody that has been impacted by the situation on that campus uh, the most relevant news that we can share regarding the college basketball realm is that the Michigan State game on Wednesday has been postponed it's their game at home uh, against Minnesota so that's about all we can share at this point that's about all that we know uh, so with that said Tyler, let's get into it. Your tar heels, uh, they look great on Saturday. They beat up on TO's Clemson Tigers and they turned around. They come out Monday night uh, and they lose 80 to 72 to Miami. It felt like they shot about one for 37 in the first half. Tyler, what do you make of North Carolina's performance today?
3: Uh, it was a tough one. It, it, in a way, it's kind of disappointing because, uh, before the show started, I was talking to TO. And I said I have no problem with losing, but the body language and sometimes the effort. Uh, when you see that lack, it's it's very frustrating as a you know somebody who's watched Carolina since they've graduated. But tonight, when I'm actually watching the game, I thought they had awful sh- uh, shot selection. And I've always said when this team shares the ball and they're getting high assists, they can play with anybody. Uh, but it just looked like they were going to stand around the perimeter and just try to force feed the ball to Armando. And to me, I think they always play best when they move and push the ball and get Armando kind of in some natural movement to where he can seal or get some rebounds and putbacks. It was just, it, it just seemed like Miami had prepared to load up the paint for Armando, just expecting uh, the ball to go inside. But uh, this was a big one. It's a big loss for us because we have no quad one wins, trying to make a playoff or a tournament resume, and uh, it was a chance for us to get a big one at home. It's very disappointing.
5: You know, I, I think one thing we have to do is we have to create uh, credit Miami's game plan. I mean, what they did uh, off the ball in order to keep the ball out of uh, Armando's hands was really impressive. They really two passes away, they were in the paint. They had a guy in front and a guy behind. And the interesting one to me was they would bring guys off the bench and Jordan Miller with some guys sometimes get matched up. And I think what ended up happening was Miami preyed on the fact. And when I say prey, I mean, P-R-E-Y, like they're a hawk. They were preying on the fact Mm -hmm. that North Carolina doesn't want to give the ball up quickly. They don't want to pop the ball. There, there was one possess, There was one possession uh, early in the second half. It was like finally somebody did. It was Leaky Black. He was on the left 45, the far corner. The help was all the way in. He skips it, and Armando, because he's getting fronted, he just continues his seal when that thing skipped, and they pop it right into him. He gets an easy bucket. The problem is Caleb and RJ aren't doing that. They're not mm-hmm. willing to – pass it and make that skip pass quick without dribbling the air out of the ball first. So what happens, they load up to the ball side. They get frustrated that they can't give it to them themselves. And then what happens is, is everybody's loaded up and then they really struggle because yeah. then they're driving right into everybody else. So it's like, it comes to a point to where you are. We, we said this off the air too. You are what you consistently do right now. North Carolina is an NIT team. Mm-hmm. And this is a fur, this is a team that was ranked first in the country coming into the season. And deservedly so. They returned everybody except for Brady Manic from a Final Four team. Uh, they still have the talent there, but for some reason, there's glue on that ball when it comes to the guards. And they will not swing swing. There are no Gretzky assists with this North Carolina team and and Tyler and Rob, you guys know what I'm talking about, but for me to elaborate, there's nobody who's willing to make the pass to get to the assist. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have to do it themselves. If they pass pass or they, they skip pass and then Armando can seal and then they throw it directly in, he can get position, but you're, it, it's really hard to find spots if you're not willing to let that ball go. And Carolina,
3: right now they're in an IT team. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point as you talk about that seal. But to me, when I look at the stat, when you go five for 31 from the three, teams are just going to load the paint. They're going to let you shoot. And a big reason why we miss a lot of those threes is because of the shot selection. And you talked about just pounding the ball, pounding the ball. Uh, There is not a lot of good movement. Uh, The movement off the ball is pretty bad. If you actually look at the game, it looks just like guys are just standing around the three-point line. Uh, But – and I've said this all along. There's more to the game than just scoring. You can impact Mm -hmm. the the game in different ways. You can get out uh, like the hockey assist you're talking about. We used to track that when I was with the Pacers. Uh, That's a big stat. And, uh, you know, being willing to make that pass, to make an extra pass, to lead somebody into an easy bucket, uh, that's important because when I watch the game and I'm always looking, we never get really easy buckets. Uh, And that's a big key. You know, getting easy layups, the highest percentage shot in basketball, uncontested layup, we don't get many of those.
4: So let me ask you guys this. We've seen what North Carolina's ceiling can be, right? When they play their best, we know what they can do. They can go into Cameron and they can beat a number one seed Duke team by 13. They can make a run to the final four to the national championship game. They can play like the best team in college basketball. I don't think that it's crazy that they were ranked number one of the preseason. I think they have the talent to be that good. So uh, I'll start with uh, you on this one, T.O. One. Is it possible to get back to that level? And two, how can Hubert Davis do this? Like, how can he fix what's wrong with this team right now? You got to find a way for those guys
5: to give it up early in the possession and then be like, hey, guys, like, I I, want to play fast. And Carolina's always played fast. And they've gone away from this Carolina break, and that's all well and good. Uh, But at the same time, like, Carolina, a lot of times, they have a lot of talent, like, get that ball up there, have them attack some closeouts and push it. I I just don't know that. I mean, what precedent have we had that says he's going to do that? That that's the thing that scares me. They can absolutely get to that point to where they're still playing at an elite level because the talent's there. It's just consistency has been a massive issue and it's great to have tough shot makers. You guys know this. It's great to have Caleb love. Who's a tough shot maker. It's, when you need that tough shots at the end of games, when they're close, when you've been playing together the first 38 minutes, you need that tough shot in the last two minutes. Look at Duke in the Final Four last year. You need that big shot at the end of the game. You don't necessarily need a hero shot for the first 38 minutes.
3: I, I agree with you, Tio. And for me, uh, one thing, I think Pete Nance is really struggling, and I don't think he's made a three, and he's probably won for 17 or something the last four or five games. Puff Johnson comes in off the bench, and he plays really hard. He seems to get uh, easy buckets. He makes winning plays, Uh, and that's a guy who I think could play more and maybe bring a little energy and uh, the team feed off of that. I really like Puff. I'm not saying bench uh, Pete. I think Pete can turn around, Um, but uh, I really like the way Puff comes in off the bench, and uh, I think having him play extended minutes or just kind of be somebody willing to make some of those blue collar plays, dive on the floor, get tough rebounds. Uh, I think that really is w- where it really starts uh, for me uh, because I think there's a lot more to scoring. And I think a lot of these guards, especially Caleb, maybe RJ, are putting too much pressure on themselves to score big. And uh, they're living and dying by how many points they have. I think if you just spread the ball, quit worrying about your points, easy buckets will come and then things will start opening up.
5: You know who I right. who I like in that lineup, who they who they put in for a few games and I thought like, hey man, this fits. Like Seth Trimble. I thought when he played with both RJ and Caleb Love, like it added a ball mover. They don't necessarily have a ball mover. And then they played leaky black at the four with Armando inside. And then all of a sudden, Trimble's taking a ball up the floor and he's bringing it with pace and he's willing to let it go. And then those guys, because that happened, they feel like they're included. They're willing to let it go. And then the ball started moving some more. But when Pete Nance got back, it was like, well, we got to play him. We got to play him. He, he brings a lot of stuff. You know, maybe you could lighten the load on Armando and play pete nance at the five a little bit it's just it doesn't seem like it's worked and pete nance has played at a place at northwestern where they moved the ball a little bit more that's where he had success this year it's just it doesn't fit right now they need somebody to inject some energy by by pushing the ball up and letting the ball go first they don't have that right now
3: yeah and that's a good point because jeff uh when we we're on here last time you talked about carolina look like they're playing AU ball a little bit yeah. Uh, but when, you know, if you watch the Virginia game, when they played at Virginia and Armando went down, Jalen Washington came in and played unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. And they gave Virginia, they played with Virginia without Armando and uh, they have some depth, whether, you know, they can get their confidence up enough to play him extended minutes. Uh, I don't know, but Seth does add a lot of energy. He gets out and he plays good defense. He gets steals. He makes things happen. Uh, So I I don't know where they're going to go, but uh, the clock is definitely ticking for sure. They've got to get some quad one wins if they want to play in the tournament.
4: Yeah, that's absolutely true. They'll have three opportunities to get quad one wins over the course of the rest of the season. They got NC State on the road. They played Virginia at home. And of course, they played Duke in the Dean Dome in the season finale. I want to flip this. I want to talk about the Miami side because they were the ones that won this game. They are now a half game. Yeah, they're a half game out of first place in the ACC. Uh, they didn't necessarily have the greatest January. They lost four out of seven at one point there, but Miami's now won five in a row, which includes a win at Clemson. Sorry to yo. They beat Duke at home by 22 points, and now they won at North Carolina. They have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. Wake Forest at home, Virginia Tech on the road, Florida State at home, Pitt at home. Pitt, of course, is one game in front of them right now in the ACC standings. I Look, I, I think it's I think this is the best team in the ACC right now. And I think they're Mm -hmm. the best team suited to make a deep run in March. Tyler, is that crazy? Is that a hot take?
3: Not at all. And I'm right there with you. They almost made the final four last year. And I talked about this. You know, everyone wants to say ACC is a down year. Even last year, uh, you know, we were talking about quad ones for Carolina. And then all of a sudden, we almost put three in the four. Um, You know, Miami was one win away. I like I like Miller Pack and Wong. I think Wong is very good. Uh I think he shares the ball and if they needed him to pick it up and put you know a, a bigger emphasis on scoring, I think he can do it. Uh so yeah, I think I think they're they're a potential final 4 team, but the one concern I do have is they don't they don't have a lot of size. And uh they did a good job on Armando tonight, which I thought Armando might go in there and dominate because Miami doesn't have the size uh, inside. But uh, obviously I was wrong on that, but that's the one concern I do have.
5: O'Meara reminds me of Booker Norchad Chad O'Meara. He reminds me of Booker.
3: Booker's just a little more athletic than me.
5: I mean, yeah, but I mean, kind of the same, like strong build, yeah. like quick feet, like can get around. I, I thought, Oh wow. Texas tech just did it. Um, I, I, he reminds me of that, but here's the thing, the difference that makes Miami even better in my opinion this year than last year is it, it's a different guy every now and then like Jordan Miller's playing with so much confidence right now. Like it's <laughs> unbelievable. He's, he's turned another page. We, we interviewed him earlier in the season and he was feeling great about things and he wasn't playing as well as he is now. And then you have another guy like Wuga Poplar who is developed into a big time, like third option. Big-time third option on the perimeter. guy who could step out and shoot it. Uh, Harlan Beverly still trying to find his way, but like Bentley Joseph, they've got a guy off the bench that could be a smart plug. They've got players, and you were right about Isaiah Wong. Isaiah Wong's one of the best isolation scorers in college basketball. Mm-hmm. He, did, he just didn't have to do it today because everybody else was doing it. Jordan Miller goes for 24. Nigel Pack, uh, worth the money, 23, shot the ball well, four or six from beyond the arc, and like just – kept attacking and then talked to the front row uh there at the Dean Dome pretty much the entire second half like he he was i mean he, they're really good and the fact that they have so much talent individual scoring talent with Pack with Wong but the fact that they're moving the basketball and it's a different guy seemingly every night oh, man, a lot. like that changes things uh for your team
4: yeah i think that when you have those two guys that can create, right, when you have multiple players that can create kind of when things get bogged down, you don't really have to run offense for them. T.O., this is your favorite thing to say, right? In the tournament, things are going to get messed up. You're going to have yeah. offense to get shut down. You're going to be well scouted. You need guys that can make a play out of nothing. And now, I don't know uh, how many teams have more players that can do something like that than Miami does. And frankly, they're kind of built like there what you. North Carolina was last season. Is that fair? You got 30 seconds, T.O. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that's I think
5: that's fair, but look, I think they're built better than the Miami team was last year. I, I thought Sam Wardenberg was a good player, but Norchad Ormier uh, or like he provides a
4: different thing for them as far as physicality is concerned.
1: Yeah. 10. Tyler, one of
4: my favorite things to do is to uh, count the number of ways that TO pronounces Norchad's last name. I know I keep messing up with that. O'Mir yeah, and O'Mir. Yep. Normally we get to double digits. Uh, And listen, we'd like to welcome in everybody that was listening to Texas Tech's upset win over Texas here on SiriusXM Channel 84. This is the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live on our YouTube channel as well. Make sure if you're over there, jump in the chat, ask us questions. Uh, We are going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, the Big 12, one of the best conferences in college basketball, I'm going to tell you why there's one specific team you need to keep an eye on as a bid thief as we head towards March. Perfect. That was like a B-plus tease, right, guys? That was like a B-plus. We got any questions in the chat, Trevor? That was good. I accept that. Um, Let's see. We we
6: have Ben asking, hey, Tyler.
3: It's (laughs) Okay.
6: Ben wants to know from Tyler, would UNC missing the tournament be one of the biggest disappointments ever considering they were ranked preseason number one?
3: Biggest? I would say uh, expectation-wise, absolutely. I don't think there's ever been a preseason number one team that's ever missed the tournament. Uh, so, yeah, we we have a chance to make history.
5: It's in the <laughs> wrong way. For the first time in North Carolina history, you're making history in the wrong way. Yeah, good. it's been it's been a rough one, man. Good, good it, It's on. like it's like we keep holding out hope for Carolina to be good again, like. Like, it's there. Like, we just kind of hope. And then you get a flash of the pan, they score 91 on Clemson, who's not guarding anybody right now. It takes more than one game. Yeah, that's right. You are what you consistently do. Mm-hmm.
4: So Especially like, when you're playing a team like Clemson.
6: 30? Stop that shit.
4: What are we talking about?
6: <laughs> they're good. We got a lot of tech people in the chat asking to bring Jeff on for a segment.
4: 20? <laughs> yeah, we might need to, man. We might need to. Hey, they're 4-2 since Pop-Pop got hurt.
0: Two. and two and just saying back what
4: do you have to say right. about pop Pop? not he doesn't like defense he's very uh to oriented
1: <laughs> welcome okay, back jimmy
4: it's the field of 68 after dark live sirius xm channel 84 college sports radio we are over on our youtube channel we are answering questions in the chat every time that we go to break remember we will be live on the afters starting at midnight answering your questions hanging out kicking it for another 15 minutes after the show baylor beat up on west virginia tonight which means they are currently sitting in a tie for first place in the big 12 with the texas longhorns because texas went on the road to lubbock and lost to texas tech who has now won Four out of their last six game guys, six games, guys. TO, you are uh an honorary resident of the city of Lubbock, Texas. You are, I don't even want to say an honorary red raider. I think that you bleed the red and black. So talk to me about your Red Raiders. They picked up a win over uh number six, Texas tonight to improve to 14 to 12 on the season. Three and ten of the Big 12, the final score, 74 to 67. Devion Harmon had 25 points scored, 21 of those in the first half. Talk to me about your Red Raiders.
5: That's good. They're, they they uh, they're playing better. They're still three and ten in conference. I, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, good job, guys. But you gotta you gotta win more. the the The, the positive about this is that you're playing well, and that Fardaws is back and he looked comfortable. That helps things. And you have quad one opportunities uh, until the cows come home. Like every game's a quad one. So it's like one of those things. Like like you have all the opportunity to to get a, to get resume wins on a nightly basis in that league. That's the big positive thing. And now that Fardoz is back, it gives him a post presence. He looks comfortable. He's moving. Well, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, I think, you know, pop Isaacs, him being gone, you know, if he, if, if he does or doesn't guard, I, I think he provides value because he's an emotional guy who can get hot in a hurry. He provides value, but, uh, They look fine. That's a tough Texas team they beat today. But that league's a bear. And every single night, you have to bring it to the level that they brought it today,
3: and they just haven't this season yet. Tyler? Yeah, I mean, this is a big win. I I really like Texas. I think Texas is a contender. So, uh, obviously, with Texas Tech and their, their record in conference, it's really hard to justify giving them too much credit. Uh, but this was a big win for them. Obviously, they shot well from the three, lit it up, fifty percent. They only shot fourteen of them though, uh, ninety-two from percent from the line. Yeah, That's a big win for Texas Tech. I, I haven't followed them too closely, uh, but this is a quality win.
4: Yeah, you haven't needed to until like the last two weeks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the
5: thing too. Like. Uh, you got to give them credit, though. I mean, they followed their scouting report. They played hard. That 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 crowd, when it's going, is really good. But that crowd hadn't been there. So don't y'all start popping out of the woodworks right now, Texas Tech. You hadn't been there all year. You started disappearing gradually. So you're not fooling anybody. You can't go hot for two weeks and then all of a sudden be back on your high horse. So let's just pop that part in there real quick. But, they, I mean, they forced Cunningham to shoot nine shots. That's not what he wants to do. Like... Mm-hmm they did a nice job following their scout they get generated some momentum at home good
4: for them good win you're going to have more opportunities it can't just be one night yeah i don't uh, i don't think the issue with this team has ever been talent and and that's the thing that makes them kind of like a sneaky dangerous team uh, as we head into the big 12 tournament um, it's not an issue of talent. It's an issue, It was an issue of execution. It was an issue of were they guarding well enough? It was an issue of were all the pieces bought in and pulling in the same direction? Were they healthy, right? But if you look at some of the games that they played, they lost by six at TCU. They lost by three at home to Kansas in a game that questionable call could have gone the other way. If you remember that charge, uh, they could have won that game. They lost in overtime at home to Oklahoma. Um, They lost by two at Texas. They lost by seven at home against Baylor. They lost by 10 uh, at Kansas State in a game that was closer than what that final score would indicate. So it's not like they are all that far away, right? A couple right bounces, and they're probably sitting here at five and eight, maybe six and seven in the conference. And then you actually have a real chance. But now you're going to have to find a way to win games. This is how they end the season, Tyler. At West Virginia, at Oklahoma, home against TCU, at Kansas, home against Oklahoma State. Oh my God. Yeah, you win, but you win four of those. You get to 7-11 in the league. Iowa State made it as an at-large at 7-11 from the Big 12 last season. I don't think they've done enough of the non-conference to do it, Tyler, but you never know. That's the the benefit of playing in the conference like this.
3: I mean, it's possible. I mean, they're going to really. They're going to have to catch, I mean, strike fire here in a little bit, but uh, it is possible they're going to have their opportunities. That's a good way to look at it. They're going to be able to rack up some quad ones uh, in the toughest conference and make a case. Uh, And also the idea is to play your best basketball uh, towards the end of March. That doesn't mean just throw away the season before, uh, but they're going to have their opportunity. So, uh, you know, if this is going to be the team that everyone thought uh, they're going to have to win some of these games. Hey, hold on one second.
4: You said they got to win four out of those five. I said if you get if you win four out of those five, you get to seven and eleven in the league. Iowa State made it as from seven at seven and eleven in the league last. So repeat those. I go through those five games again for me. Oh I got to go back to the page then. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, TCU at home, at Kansas, and Oklahoma State at home. Hey, Rob, that shit ain't happening. <laughs> Oh,
5: I don't think it is not, by the way, they're
4: not winning four. Hey, they need to win two to make the NIT.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Listen, like, not, like wow. hey, let's expectations. You win two out of the next five, you get a postseason tournament. How's that?
4: Yeah, there go, you
5: go. go get them, uh, Lubbock. Go get them.
4: Um, oh, the old TO turns heel. Let's go. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. You got to see, you got them going, Tyler. This was the one thing that we were trying to avoid. <laughs> the, the only thing we were trying to avoid. Um, I do want to mention Oklahoma State real quick. Because they have Ooh. won five in a row. They won yeah. at Iowa State on Saturday. They've won seven out of their last eight games. And how about this for a stat, boys? With Musa Sise, who is the reigning Big 12 defensive player of the year, with him healthy. I love that kid. Yeah, with him healthy, uh, Oklahoma State is um, I believe it is eight and one. Uh no, they're seven and one in the Big Twelve. And their only loss in that stretch was at Kansas by two points they play Kansas mm. at home tomorrow night. This team not only are they a tournament team right now, but they're one of the more dangerous dangerous teams that nobody's talking about. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right, Baylor won tonight they beat West Virginia uh at home, which means that they are tied for first place in the Big 12 uh with um with Texas who who lost. So uh who Tyler, who are you more in on out of those two? Right, are you are you back in Baylor? Are you back in Texas? Who do you think is more likely to win this league? Who do you think is more dangerous in March? Or is it just one of those things where these are both really damn good basketball teams? I'm back in Texas. I think Texas
3: is a better team, uh, and that's not a knock against Baylor because I think they're playing really well. Uh, they got a they got off to a bad start uh, in the Big Twelve, uh, but I really like Timmy Allen from Texas. I really like the the young kid Mitchell. Uh, The athletic big and their guards for Texas. I think Texas is a contender, but um, yeah, Baylor's starting to be the team a lot of people thought they would be. Though,
5: yeah, I like if I'm picking. If I'm picking, uh, you you went Texas too. No, I'm just asking you who you'd go with. Well, Tyler, one thing about this show that Rob will teach you: it's okay to be wrong on this show. Because Rob Rob knocks that out of the park consistently. And I think you're wrong on this one, T. I think you're wrong. I love Baylor. They've got guards. And boy, do they shoot it. Boy, do they shoot it. My man LJ Cryer went bananas today. And Keontae George, he's got a little Caleb Love into got, got a little Caleb Love in him. Like, he's going to try to take over games at the end. He has that ability. And Adam Flagler, he's another guy that was on, you know, top ten shooting guards in the country, whatever award that is. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But he made that list, too. I feel like Baylor plus um, Scott Drew. You know, you you have a coach there who's done it. He's won a national championship. uh, And he's done it with with rosters similar to this one. Uh, They don't defend like a Baylor team has typically defended. However, it has gotten better, but that guard play and their ability to score at such a high level, I mean, that makes them different in my mind. Plus, I, I just at that point, like I, I feel like this Baylor team is a team that not enough people. are. I, I feel like that's the team that people are aware that they're there, but they're projected at a two line. And that's something that they're, they're just not getting that much attention for a team that's sitting on the two line. That's a team that can make a
4: run to the Final Four because of that guard play. That that stuff matters in my mind. You know what they are? They're Whataburger hmm. Miami. That's what they are. Baylor and Miami it's, are the exact same thing. The is that a compliment
5: team. or a negative? I'm not sure your stance on Whataburger.
4: Uh I mean it's really good. How could you have any so, other stance?
5: So you think it's a better version of Miami or, or a fast food version, it's, of it's, it's so, the like, version of Miami? So like I don't understand Miami.
4: I'm saying they're the big 12 version, but they're basically the same team.
5: Okay. No. So so Whataburgers in the state of Texas. Is that what you're telling me? I've been to Whataburger in Florida.
4: That's a terrible analogy. analogy. (laughs) It was a a great great analogy. It was a horrible analogy. it 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 was a great analogy. Anyway, listen, they're the same team. Great guards don't really defend.
5: Yeah, Well, I mean, it's something to be said there. I I, I don't know that Miami doesn't defend because they defended today.
4: There was a game plan in place. They defended today. What what are 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 their metrics, man? What are their metrics? They're outside the top 100 on Ken Palm. Baylor is 79th. Baylor, by the way, they threw that 1-1-3 zone that Scott Drew always loved uh, back in the day before he started playing defense. I like that. We had to do that a little bit when Keontae George loses a little defensive focus.
5: (laughs) I don't think think that – I don't think that they're – like that entire team's a bad defensive team. I, I feel like sometimes because Keontae's younger, like his focus isn't where it needs to be as a freshman on the defensive end in the Big 12. So if he misses a rotation, a lot of their defensive principles break down. Like you, you're willing to live with it because he's so freaking talented offensively. So I'm going to argue just for the sake of arguing.
4: That's, yeah. what I'm, that's
5: what I'm doing here. That's why. That's you what we bring do here, here, Tyler. We just argue for why the sake of arguing. That's why you bring me here.
3: <laughs> I, I'm rolling spend- with Miami. I think Miami's much better than Baylor. The only reason I say that is because I think they're a more veteran team. I think they went to the lead eight last year. I think Wong is uh, probably a contender for the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, right. He can do more than just score, pass the ball, dish it out. Great leader. So we'll see. I think uh, Miami can score from a lot of different options.
4: You know what else they have? They're a little bit bigger in the backcourt. Like that's my one worry with Baylor is you know, LJ Cryer is what six two, Flagler six two on a good day. Keontae, how how big is Keontae George? Six four, six five, six three and a half, six six yeah. three, six three and a half, 6'4", something like that. They don't they don't have a ton of size. Uh, I do just want to give another shout out I, every time John, Jonathan Jonathan Chachua does something. Uh, I just it it's that dude. There was a real chance that he wasn't going to walk again. And tonight he came out uh, almost a year to the day. I think one year and one day to the day when he had that devastating knee injury. Uh, he had 11 points, three boards, played 24 minutes. He didn't take a three tonight, which was a little bit disappointing. I was I was all in on the JTT uh, three-point shooter bandwagon. But listen, um, Alabama, when it's Auburn and one, Purdue... Went it's Northwestern and lost, which means that we have a brand new number one in college basketball. We're going to talk about whether or not that is the right ranking and all of the other weekend storylines on the other side of this break. Uh, okay, you guys are good for one and a half. Trevor, we got a sponsor. Drop it tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode athletic greens i started taking ag1 a few weeks back when we get in the middle of college hoop season it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as i probably should be especially in late february and march when the schedule gets really busy but i found that i felt better as i've made ag1 a part of my daily routine I take AG1 in the afternoons, after the coffee is worn off, and once the itis post lunch is kind of set in. And what I've found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion, and as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68 and feel better. Hey, great conversation, guys. Thanks for being there, chat. What a burger stinks. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Dawson here. I got Tyler Hansborough. I got Terrence Oglesby. We are live. Sirius XM channel 84. That is College Sports Radio. We're live over on our YouTube channel. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. Uh, we will try to answer them whenever we don't have a sponsor. Uh, drop an ad. Shout out to Athletic Green for supporting us. Look at that. There you go. Um, all right, guys. That, we that, had, that was uh, a real not subtle flex right there. But well done. Yeah, I like little that. just little flex, a little flex. I can't really flex anymore. When I actually flex, I kind of I strain a bicep, so um I do what I can here. All right. So on Same Saturday, for me. I need this T-shirt. Sorry. <laughs> on, on Saturday, Alabama went into Auburn uh, and beat the Tigers. And on Sunday, before the Super Bowl started, Purdue went into Northwestern and lost to the Wildcats, which means we have a brand new number one in the world of college basketball. Tyler, I'm going to you first on this one. Uh Alabama, Purdue, Houston, who's the best team in college basketball? Is there a best team in college basketball? Or are we just beating our heads against the wall, arguing for no reason, like there's three T.O.s sitting in a room screaming at each other?
3: There's no question Alabama's the best team in college basketball. They – Brandon Miller, uh, he can get you a bucket from anywhere on the court. Uh, they're big. I think his name is He can guard anybody, can test everything at the rim. Uh, they're just – They're playing really well. I know they went to Auburn and just smacked them on their home court, which Auburn's a tough place to play. Uh, So that was a quality win. They, I mean, they're running through the SEC. It's hard to make a case against Alabama. Uh, Right now they are the best team in college. The
5: only only case I can make against them is they got smacked at Oklahoma. But then they turned around and beat the Brakes. Off of Vandy, so I just compli- completely removed it from my mind. I agree with you. I think Alabama's best team in the country, and Why? for a lot of the same reasons you say, uh, Tyler. They play with such pace. Brandon Miller is going to be the best player on the floor. I want to say every night they play, except for when they play Purdue. And the reason uh, I, I still think he's he's definitely a better pro than Zach Eady, but but what Zach Eady does at the college level, he's probably a better player at the college level and his impact at Purdue. But every game they play, Brandon Miller is going to be the best player on the floor since Purdue. I think Charles Bediaco is the reason that this team is better this year, though. They they were doing a lot of the same things offensively last season. They were shooting the ball well. They were passing it. They were moving, all that. But they didn't guard. This year's team's guards. And it's because of Charles Bidiaco They can get up in the passing lanes. They have length around the perimeter. They can get out and contest some things. But if mistakes happen, and mistakes do happen, They had a big fella back there, and he's erasing everything. He's a former five star kid, too. Like, and it wasn't because of offensive ability, it was because that dude eats everything inside of eight feet. Like, and they just have a lot of different guys.
4: There's one thing I do want to push on push back on TO, and it's not just because they're playing defense this year. I think that everyone is more bought in. To the whole, as opposed to the individual, on Alabama, we don't need to talk mm. about who is not there anymore. But there are names that are not there anymore that can kind of, you can kind of figure it out and do the math. Um, I think Brandon Miller's bought in. I think Javon Quinley has bought in. I think Mark Sears has bought in. Everyone understands their role. Everyone understands they have a job to do, and everyone understands that they're fighting uh for the greater good. Let's talk about Purdue really quick. Because, hey,
5: can, hey, can I can I add on that? Because I'm going to compliment Tyler because I because I think that's a good I think that's a good when your best player. Is also your hardest working and one of your most unselfish. Dude, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. Like that was why Tyler's teams were always so good. He was your hardest worker, he was your toughest dude. And dadgummit, Gummit, I don't think he had a whole lot of assists, but it wasn't for a lack of trying sometimes. Like he knew <laughs> Wes his. West Miller right.
4: called you out, man. Did you see West Miller? I did you see out? that, man. Uh, <laughs> they called me a black hole in college. Uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, there's something uh, to be you know, said there, Tyler. Hey, real, like when you're quick players, Tyler your what, toughest. What what West Miller said was uh, a guy on his team had nine assists, and West Miller basically said, Um, I, I never even had nine assists, and I was pi- passing to Tyler Hansbro, and you knew when you threw the ball to him you were never getting it back.
3: Yeah, I, I saw that <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. Uh I hit him up about it. I thought it was funny, but uh he does have his team playing hard. Uh, I forgot the, the kid that got the nine assists, but nine assists in college is really impressive. Uh but I just you know I tweeted back at him. I said I never gave my chance at myself a chance at nine assists to begin with. But uh <laughs> no, Wes has his team playing pretty they're 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 playing pretty well right now. It had to have been to Julius. Yeah, that's yeah, who it is. It was that's, right. who,
4: it was. That kid, Yo, that's was, who it was. That kid is who it was. That kid's a stud. I had mm-hmm. them the other day. Um, all right, let's talk about Purdue. They've lost two of their last three. One was by five points on the road at Indiana. One was by six points on the road at Northwestern. It feels a little bit like there is now a blueprint for how to beat them. Uh, Part of it is kind of doubling Edie hard, which is what Northwestern did. Part of it is kind of pressuring up on those guards, getting those freshman guards uncomfortable, which is what Rutgers did. Uh, Some of it is all of the above, which is what Indiana did. Tyler, how are you concerned about this Purdue group? Big picture, or is this just you know life on the road of the big 10 is it's going to happen eventually
3: you know Purdue, i've been very consistent saying Purdue's a very good team but team. i think i think he's the best player in college this year he's playing unbelievable and they have some young kids who've really come along. And I was kind of waiting for them to take some L's a little bit. I thought they might start – the wheels might start to rattle a little bit just because of how the young the kids are. Uh, but, you know, when I look at the game, uh, you know, Northwestern plays very hard defensively. First of all, they forced them to shoot 36% from the field. Purdue had 16 turnovers. I think Edie had six of them. So it, it wasn't like they showed up and played their best game. Northwestern was pretty hungry. They can get out and defend and run. Uh, so, yeah, this isn't a total shock to me.
5: Welsh Ryan Arena is an electric factory, first, of all, first and foremost. <laughs> That's the They're first that Evanston. has ever been said. <laughs> it's an electric factory. Ask Kevin Sweeney. I've never heard of a person more proud than our boy Sweeney. Uh, what, I, I can't remember if it was me, you, and Fanter. It was on this show last week where we were talking about potential teams that could beat Purdue. And I think it was on I think it was on our podcast, DTF, shameless plug, that uh, it, good guards and good defensive guards can get up and pressure those young players. Boo Boo is a dude like Jay Saudez is a dude like the two of the best, toughest, rugged one and two combos in the Big Ten. And I, I say that without any hesitancy, like those guys are really good. And when you can push those guards a little bit further out, make them uncomfortable, make them initiate offense from two dribbles further out, it makes it harder for them to enter the ball into Zach Eady. And then whenever they are, they're making longer passes so those rotations can get there faster. So not only are they doubling Eady, but they're getting there a half step quicker to double him because those guards are being pressured out. That's what happened against Rutgers, too. So that th- that's one of the things that you pressure those guards, you force them out, you make those passes a little bit longer, three, four feet. It changes the dynamic of how he can attack you because he's not getting as deep and the doubles coming quicker and you're making him make decisions uh, a split second faster. I think that's the biggest difference.
4: Yep. And Northwestern's so, good. Northwestern's good. Going- Northwestern is good. They've won three in a row. Now they've won six of their last eight. They are currently sitting at 18 and seven overall. They are nine and five in the big 10. That is uh, a tie for second place. As crazy as it sounds, they're in second place in the big 10 Michigan, who is sitting in ninth place in the big 10 is one game out of second place. It's a chicken pot pie in the middle of that big 10 to quote uh one terence oglesby but northwestern right now they are a seven seed if the tournament started today not only would they be in the tournament but they would be uh probably favored in the first round according to our field of uh, fielding the 68 bracketologists uh our jeff goodman was able to catch up with northwestern head coach chris collins a little bit earlier today Please all right to now pleased to be other
1: than northwestern head coach chris collins fresh off the win against purdue at home and Like when you look up right now, Chris, if I had told you when we talked in the preseason that you would be tied for second in the big 10,
2: what would you have told me? I would have probably signed the contract, you know, (laughs) whatever those stipulations were. Um, You know, I I did feel we were going to be better than what others thought. Um, I kind of knew what we had coming back. I knew the character in the locker room. Um, I knew the guards, you know, when you have good guards and they're seniors and they play well, It gives you a chance to be competitive. And I just really liked the vibe in the off season. I didn't know what that was going to mean. We were very unproven on the front line. Um, And a lot of guys who hadn't played a kid like Brooks Barnheiser who hadn't really played, you know, that were uh, the big unknowns, uh, but that I thought could be good. And then, you know, it just has kind of all come to fruition. It's been a great group to coach. They have really bought in to be an elite defensively. I mean, that was kind of the first thing was the player buy-in to like, hey, if we're going to be competitive, we're going to have to guard. And and they've really bought into that side of the floor. And and I've always felt like defense can unite a team because to play good defense, it requires all five guys to be connected. You know, if one guy isn't doing their job, you're going to get scored on or you're going to get beat on a rotation. And um, but you know, I think watching the confidence grow throughout the season in these guys has been really fun. Kind of as they've done well and won different games and kind of gone on the road and won in great venues and kind of see them now like saying, hey, we we can compete. you know that that's been that's been really fun to watch.
1: the coolest part of the win for me, being a father, knowing you for twenty years, okay, I've known you for twenty you know this. like <laughs> right. we've known each other for a long time, watching you with your son, who's a manager in the team, and both of you get choked up after that win because again he understands what this means to you for
2: you for the program what what was that like oh it was special you know for me you know that's how I grew up you know my dad was a coach you know and he was on not in the college level but the NBA level so I grew up going to games and and understanding you know I mean he's coaching Michael Jordan you know so you know, the the spotlight on that and, and the pressures that go along with that and, and living and dying with every win, every loss. And I don't think people really understand, you know, it's, we all love sports and it's easy to kind of say good things, bad things, but you don't understand, you know, when, when it's a family, it's, it's, that's their lives, you know, it's not just a hobby or something, you know, so to go through ups and downs and to have a win like yesterday and people storming the court and, first time ever beating you know a number one team and him being with us as a manager and kind of sharing that moment man it's to me that's what it's all about I mean it's just the family aspect of it and and to share it with the people that that have been with you through thick and thin you know to me is is the most special part of all of it
1: I was there selection Sunday when you guys yeah. got in years ago in a way it feels like yesterday in a way it feels like a, an eternity ago um, what would it mean to you to get back I mean you're in great position now you obviously have to sustain this the stretch Mm -hmm. drive but what would it mean to you with everything you've been through the last five years and the pressure on you this year there was no secret I mean there's there's pressure on everybody but there was some pressure on you this year we knew that
2: what would it mean to get back to the tournament well, it it would mean a lot. Um, you know, just for a lot of reasons. I mean, we we did a great job initially like building a, a group that got there, you know, and it was historical and 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 for right or wrong, we weren't able to sustain it. You know, we didn't follow it up the next year and and probably to me that was my biggest regret is the job I did with that team because we had so many pieces coming back and you know, not being able to to stamp it with that, you know, back to back appearances and then being in a position where we kind of had to hit the reset button. You know, we're, I'm at a place where it's not a quick fix, you know, like you, you have to get it right with, with high school recruiting and and you got to find guys that fit what we're doing and fit the academic requirements and fit what Northwestern is and are also good enough to play against the Michigan States and Indiana's and Purdue's and, and all those things. And, and so we were in a position where, we kind of had to start fresh, you know, and, and fortunately, you know, the administration, we all kind of understood that. And we said like, Hey, it it, it probably is going to be a little bit of a step back, but we're going to bring in young guys and we're going to play them and hopefully kind of build something like we did with this first group. And that whole group of guys was Boo Booey, Chase Odiz, Robbie Barron, Ty Berry. And then obviously guys that we know like Miller cop and Pete Nance and Ryan Young, you know, and, and all those guys became good players, we played them as young players, they got better, we took our lumps, you know, we we certainly, and in, in when you're young in this league it's very hard, and we've gotten a little bit better each year, so to be able to kind of build it, have it kind of go down, and then for all intents and purposes have to kind of start fresh and rebuild again. Um, to be able to get back to that you know moment would be a lot. and uh, i would I would be so happy, not only for me and the staff and all that, but most importantly for the players, you know, their loyalty to the program. And it's not easy in today's day and age, as you know, to to stick through tough times, you know, and and that's what this group of guys have. They've stayed loyal to the program. They've stayed loyal to each other. They've kept fighting, They've kept believing. And to see them now get rewarded for that, you know, to me is really special. Thanks for coming on after dark. I appreciate it.
4: That was entirely too much, Jeff Goodman, since we all need to take a quick break and a quick breather after that, a nice little uh, minute and 40 timeout. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk some bracketology and we're going to talk about who is the biggest high major bid thief in college basketball. guys are clear for 130. Chat is out of their minds tonight. I'm trying Completely to find
6: a question that minds. does not have something to do with Rob's eyebrows or Jeff's.
4: What's wrong with my
5: eyebrows? I don't understand what's wrong with my eyebrows. They're connected in the middle. It's not eyebrows. It's eyebrow. It's one of them. Like-
4: <laughs> Me and Anthony Davis, man. Me and Anthony Davis. were beautiful. Sell that t-shirt. Unibrowed
6: beauties. Let's see. Uh, B. Wayne says, since we have an ACC flavor tonight, who will get the double buys for the ACC tournament?
4: Ooh. a minute. What is it, the top four teams, right?
6: Yes.
5: Somebody just said that Hansborough should have gone to Mizzou. <laughs>
3: um the, the buys for me would probably be Miami, Virginia, uh, Pittsburgh. That fourth one's uh, where it gets sticky now.
4: NC State, NC State. Yeah, I roll with NC State. I like that. I think. They're... I think Wake. I think Wake's might. Wake might have a chance. Maybe Duke. Syracuse not. might be in the mix. You no. know, maybe North Carolina could sneak in there. T.O., <laughs> did I miss anyone? Nope.
1: <laughs> the chat needs to calm down. All right. <laughs> Everybody just <laughs> needs <funny>. to. <laughs> Good
6: lord.
5: Clemson's in the mix. They got a tough on Wednesday with a team that. Florida State. They've screwed them. They've they've really fallen so bad. Man. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
4: welcome back field of 68 after dark live Sirius xm channel 84 college sports radio rob dawson here i got terrence oglesby i have tyler Hansbro. we are live over on the youtube channel jump in the chat ask us questions in about eight minutes we are going to be heading to the afters which is our q a uh, the only way to get involved is in the youtube chat so make sure that you head over there all right guys The latest fielding, the 68, Bracketology dropped about six hours ago. Uh, Kentucky right now was the consensus uh, first team out of the NCAA tournament after the loss to Georgia. Where do you stand, T.O., on on this group? Where do you stand on their chances to get into the tournament? Uh, And where do you stand on, uh, Tyler, we know know all of your answers for this one from Saturday night, but where do you stand on um, the job that Cal has done so far this season?
5: Are we Tyler? Are we make it or are we me. me? We're, we're to UTO. we, we okay. We know just, Tyler's
4: opinion on these. Just
5: <laughs> confirmed. Yeah, I was gonna say the only thing good about Kentucky is the bourbon, right, Tyler? That's <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> uh you know what? Like Georgia, give Mike White some credit. Georgia's better. Uh that's a game, Kentucky though, you need to win. I mean, you you got to hand select which transfers you get uh case on wallace is as good as advertised it just hasn't led to win but wins over the last two games it's like you and you have the reigning national player of the year in oscar sheetway like I, I get the arkansas one because they have a lot of talent but you lost by 15 at rup uh at georgia like that's one you need and they're projected to lose what four out of the next six out of their last six That can't happen if you're Kentucky. Like, you need to rattle off. You need to win at Mississippi State. Needs to happen. You need to compete again with Tennessee at home, which Tennessee's reeling. That's a quality opportunity for a quad one if you're Kentucky. And then at Florida, need to win. Like, these opportunities are running dry, guys. And, you know, has it been a great season at Kentucky? No, we thought they righted the ship, though, there for a minute. Over these last
4: two games, though, they kind of got to get it going again. Yeah, it's – so many of their games are fine in isolation, right? Look, you, you're going to throw up a stinker at Missouri. Okay, I get it. That happens. You're going to have a tough one at home against Arkansas. Okay, I get it. That happens. You're going to lose at Georgia. Okay, I get it. That happens. But to have all of that happen in a year where, oh, by the way, you also lost to South Carolina, where you also got smacked by Gonzaga, where you also got smacked by UCLA, where you got smacked at home by – like at some point you have to look at the totality of it and just kind of say – Maybe they're just not very good, T. I, mean, got-
3: I agree. I, yeah. I think they're disconnected defensively, too. And when they got smacked around by Kansas, uh, they could not They could not guard a ball screen. They just uh, picked and rolled them to death. And they had their roller going right down. They didn't have any help side. Uh, they didn't have any help the helper on defense. And to me, it's just like they're not connected. They don't trust each other. And like I've said about I've said I've said this on here multiple times, they're not consistently a good three-point shooting team. I don't care what the analytics say, I don't care percentage-wise that they're at the top in the SEC. If if they were a good three-point shooting team, Sheedway would have many more opportunities to score around the basket. It, defenses wouldn't be packing it inside and be able, be able to contain him uh like they do so that's just my take i've always been consistent on
4: it yep t.o i want to ask you about tennessee since you are a tennessee guy uh they did not have a great week they lost two games on buzzer beaters one of them was on the road one of them was at home to a uh a a pretty good not great a pretty good missouri team they dropped from a two seed to a three seed according to fielding the 68 how concerned are you about this group is this something where uh, you've now come over to the uh, the right side of the bandwagon. You realize that this is like a Sweet 16 team, not really a threat to make a deep run of the tournament. Are you still defending your Vols since Clemson is kind of you know falling off the rails for you? Jeez, jeez, <laughs> the subtle the subtle jabs
5: are unending here at the field. Uh, now there were some weird substitution patterns towards the end of that Mizzou game, like. Toby Awaka is a freshman who's good at what he does, but he's an energy guy. He's an undersized five man that really plays hard. Why is he in the game at the end of the game? He's a 48% free throw shooter. Like uh, Julian Phillips gets hurt in the first 10 minutes of the game. He had a hip thing that was going on. He only had one shot in that 10 minutes. Like what they haven't done throughout the course of the year is going to come back and bite him, and that's get Julian Phillips comfortable on
4: the offensive end.
5: It's going to kill him. That's just
4: mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It's going to kill him. Yep. I don't have much else to say. Yep, you've uh, you've made those points over and over again. All right, yeah, i want exactly, to talk about at
5: some point. But like, you got to call a rock a rock. I can't make up another problem. <laughs> like, I could probably make up another problem. My wife's good. I at
4: got, that. I got, <laughs> I got nothing else. That I got. <laughs> like, on she Valentine's wants to make up another day, problem.
5: She yo. sees me sitting. Hey, look, on Valentine's nothing, day, there's nothing unbelievable. Make. There's unbelievable. nothing that'll make more problems happen than me sitting still, looking comfortable. Let me just promise you that right there.
4: (laughs) All right. We had about three minutes until we're done on the series here. And I promise this, I tease this multiple times. Uh, I want to know your high major bit thief. I want to know the team that is not currently in the, not even in the bubble picture, not a first four out, not a next four out. Somebody kind of off the radar that you think has the talent and the ability to make a run in March. Tio, I texted you guys about this maybe two hours ago, and you've been hyping up. This pick that you have, I cannot wait to hear it. Who is your high major bid thief?
5: Stanford has won six out of their last eight with a big win over Arizona at home. And Harrison Ingram is the kind of player that can go on a magical run during the tournament and just put everybody on notice. He was a top 15 kid. He's super talented. There's a couple of pieces and role players around him, but he's the kind of guy that can carry a team and he displayed as much, winning at Arizona, Stanford could make it happen, and then out of nowhere win the Pac-12 tournament and get into the tournament.
4: Tyler, please tell me you have something better than that. No, that not I, good? I would not love good? to see
3: that. I, I played for uh, Jared Hass at UNC, so uh, that would be great. Uh, I don't have anything better. I would love to see that. Uh, if I'm going to throw somebody out there, maybe Western Kentucky, part of the reason because I'm here in Bowling Green, Kentucky right now, but they have a big a center, 7'5", uh, can do some things, guard the rim, but uh, maybe, maybe that's just, you know,
4: trying to pull something out of the hat. So I, I love Texas Tech. I think they can make a run. The other one that I have, Michigan. Hunter Dickinson okay. always finds a way to show up. And that's the, the field moments. of 68 after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Dickinson shows up, man like, when he's not bored, when he's actually engaged he shows up and uh, we've seen them go from the 11th seed to the Sweet 16 before so um, I can see that happening. You think that's crazy? Yeah you know, it, Part of the reason because Carolina destroyed them but also- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think smacked around by Carolina. Uh, they can't be that good, huh? <laughs> uh, hey, Stanford could do it I'm telling you
5: Stanford, Stanford, I'll give you wait, all right, so I don't think they're going to do it, but we're we're, we're speaking no, no, in I, I hear hypothetical. They, they shot
4: they shot sixty one percent from the floor, fifty five percent from three against uh, against Arizona. That's a big win, and you're right; they've won six out of their last eight. I'll tell you, Stanford Steve would love to hear you say that. Listen, this has been the Field of Sixty Eight After Dark. You can chat, catch catches over in the afters on the YouTube channel Field of Sixty Eight for Tyler Hansborough, for Terrence Oglesby. My name is Rob Doster. We will see you guys again tomorrow night.
1: Okay, we're clear. Well done, Jimmy. Oh, my right. fucking Western. Yeah, Jimmy.
3: Okay.
4: Okay. Good job, Wendy. Uh, Wendy, Jimmy. You got, you got me all my stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm out <laughs> yeah, of it. This is man. a wild, I'm, wild situation. I'm, man. I'm I'm out of it. I'm I'm just I'm just amazed that my voice was able to make it through the entire show. I'm I'm dying over here. I've had like six cups of tea today. I'm struggling. Oh, how, how are you gonna make it? All that tea.
5: I know. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Voice is the sh- softest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I can't, I can't finish the show. I had too much tea. Take care, guys. That's... Have a good one. All right. Thanks, pal.
6: <laughs> and with that, Jimmy's out. <laughs> Damn, Jimmy's, Jimmy's
4: like, can't like fuck these this. guys. I got to go. Not, what do we
6: got, got, Trevor? Josh go just go, like, oh, my chamomile. I don't even know what to say. All right. You're fucking kidding me. Um, let's see here. <laughs>
1: You're right over there, Teal? You're awful. Yeah, I'm good. You're awful. I, you're awful I am tired.
6: I'm tired.
4: I had the, what? I had three games and four nights. I'm 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 tired. Oh, I, I'm actually I actually have work to do now. Oh, look at me. I'm so exhausted. My wild. life is so Dude. hard. I have to go watch basketball
5: games for a living. It's tough. It's not that. It's the track. It's it's having to wake up in Wichita at four a.m. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, by the way, Doodah Diner. Pool. I don't know if you've heard about that place. Yeah, that's the spot, right? Oh, yeah, my the God. They brought out They brought out like French <laughs> toast. That was like coconut fried. It
4: was like whole oh. Hey, well, someone in the chat just said someone tell uh, Terrence Oglesby to go to sleep. He has a game to ref tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I do get cussed out like every other week on Instagram.
6: All right, I had one guy say, "Stop,
5: stop stop officiating and keep to your commenting because you blew that call on Sheboy." (laughs) I was like, like, "Really?"
6: Like, yeah. Okay, if a team not named Purdue is going to win the Big Ten, who are you picking? That's from Ben.
4: The regular Big Ten regular
6: season. Yes, Big Ten regular season title. No one. That's not well, an we
5: answer. did a uh we, we did a thirty minute interview with Chris Collins earlier, so I would might as well pick <laughs> Northwestern, right? No, it's going to be it's going to be Purdue. I don't and think Purdue will win it.
4: it but but Indiana, yeah. well, I mean, what are we talking about in the tournament? Like in the no regular season, I guess it could be Indiana because they still play Purdue, but they have to go into Purdue and beat Purdue, and then hope that somebody else beats Purdue, and then also beat Illinois at home and win at Michigan State and beat Iowa. It's, yeah, I don't see it happening.
6: Illinois also plays young
5: guards, man. It can snowball. Like young guards, it can snowball on you. Hey, Trevor, have you made them give give Illinois credit yet? Just out of curiosity.
6: In general. In general. No. Like, where's the credit but I for the Illini? Exactly, T.O., Thank you. What I'm saying on give, my side give the
4: Illini tonight. a ton of credit.
6: <laughs> well, you didn't just pick them in the question I asked. <laughs> Because
4: <laughs> they don't they don't play Purdue again.
6: Do yes, they? they do. They haven't played them yet. Oh. It's Illinois at Purdue on the final night of the season. They only play once. That was
5: actually Trevor's question. It wasn't from
6: the
4: chat. It was Trevor's question. Oh no, he just yeah, he just wanted us to talk about it the end. All right, go ahead, Trevor. What else we got?
6: Uh Aaron says, which team in the country has the best bench unit that can help them for a deep run in March?
4: Say that again. You, do you Aaron, want? Do you want a? Do you want a deep bench?
6: Aaron wants to know a who bench. has the deepest bench in the country.
4: I don't think you want a deep bench. You basically want like seven guys, right? Tell, I listen tell, you, tell I, us us I, I would I agree,
3: agree with you. That. You tighten. You 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 play your good players. You I mean you tighten up your rotations in March. I mean, a bench maybe if somebody gets hurt. I
5: think I think eight players, but you only play seven of them. But that eighth one, like you can rely on. Like I, I think the fact that Carolina played six slash seven players last year is why they kind of ran out of juice in that last half. Do you agree with that, Tyler? Hundred percent. We also had some injuries, and that's true. Well, and, I think, but
3: but I also think those injuries were a part of the fatigue. Yeah, well, injuries happen when you when you just play, you know, six seven guys the whole year. The idea yeah. is to keep your core healthy. Uh, to where you get when you get to March, you can play those seven,
4: eight guys that you have that you really trust more minutes. Isn't that a Roy Williams thing? Like, wouldn't he just kind of not really practice all that hard and, and play know, a lot of guys you, just to kind of keep everyone healthy for March?
3: I think no? maybe after his second championship, but uh, <laughs> he got a little. <laughs> but no, nah, not when I was there. The the thing I really liked about Coach Williams is you gave the tired signal, you come out and you put yourself right back in, unless he pulled you out. So you could, you could hop out real quick. and then Yeah, the tired signal is fist up, yeah. and they tell them you're tired. But some coaches are like, you know, they get mad at, mad at you if you tell them you're tired, like you're, you're out of shape, but just being honest. You know, you come and get the tired signal and get back in. Uh, and who would regulate
5: what, that? So, like, if you guys would take off on on in
3: transition? You, like you just like throw you your hand it? up, assistant coach would see it. And I knew if I made a mistake and coach was about to take me out, I'd try to give the tired signal. <laughs> <laughs> How often so you were gaming work?
5: the system. You were gaming the system. <clears throat>
3: uh, yeah. Uh, freshman year and senior year, he was on me. Yeah, he was on me pretty hard. Why do you think he was on you your senior year? like he was? Just first? pressure to win it. I think uh, so.
5: That makes sense. That's interesting. You guys were deep, though. We were real deep. Yeah, oh, yeah, there there was a different level of deep whenever you guys were I mean you
3: guys were nine guys. Yeah we had Tyler Zeller too. People don't realize yeah. that. Ed Davis. Yeah. I
6: remember. <laughs> uh That's Will remember. says with Kansas State's recent losses, do you think there's an opening for Coach of the Year? And if so, for who?
4: I I think it's I think it's been Matt Painter.
3: I agree with you. I I didn't think it was uh, Tang anyways. I thought it was Painter. Parents?
5: Mr. Oglesby? Can we give my man Randy Bennett some love? St. Mary's. I mean, he's been good for so long. And, like, now people are finally starting to realize, like, what he's done. It's a good call. I like that. They're the, they're the best that. team in the West Coast. West Coast Conference. I don't hate that. I don't hate that TO. You. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lot better than your Stanford pick. Stanford. Hey, you want you wanna watch that shit happen and you
4: will never hear the end of it. It's kinda of like picking Miami to the Elite Eight. That happened. <laughs> no, you got you're you have too much sleep to be able to if you came onto the show having not slept last night, then I would say yes, okay, you know what? I'm gonna bet it all on Stanford.
5: I did I did get I did get like six hours.
4: So like Yeah. Yeah, you're too (laughs) well-rested. Yeah.
6: I think we may have asked this, but I don't remember if it was with you guys. Sky says, would you rather be a one seed in a not favorable location or a two seed but close to home? We did answer this. Yeah, we did. Okay. I didn't know who we
5: had on. No, that was a couple nights ago. I'd rather be a two seed closer to home. Because then, like, for example, like if you're on East Coast time, You have to go play in arbitrary city, Portland. You're traveling four time zones over. You play Friday, Sunday, or you play Thursday, Saturday. You have to turn around. You have to fly four time zones back over and then travel to wherever the heck you're going next. A lot
4: of those guys won't fly back.
5: Like when the the two we flew years, back whenever to... whenever I was on staff and we made the Sweet 16 at Clemson. Talking about San
3: Diego, I, I was on here with you. I, I took yeah. the second seat, stay close to home. Your fan base can travel too. Yeah,
5: yeah. I, mean, I think it's the fan base. Fan base didn't. Anything. Yeah, fan base didn't travel so much, but I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm thinking more so for uh, I'm thinking more so time zones, sleep. Like I always had a huge emphasis on sleep. Like when I was a player like I, I always like the night before the game like i really try to sleep eight to nine
4: hours it's it's the traveling back stuff that that would well that's what me I'm the most right like you get back if it's if you're doing a nine o'clock tip right and let's say it doesn't actually start until like 9 15 and the game doesn't end until 11 30 and you got to do all your media stuff that doesn't end until midnight maybe maybe 12 30. then you got to get to the plane That'll take you it should till one o'clock. The plane doesn't take off until what, like 1 30 and 2 or 2. Mm-hmm. If you got a three hour flight, you're getting home at like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Is that right? Is that math right yeah. there? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not right.
5: That that you lose the whole next day. Dude, I'll never forget. So we're going to the NC. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but fuck it. So we're we're going. <laughs> that's that's how you
4: know it's gonna be a good story.
5: <laughs> Dude, we're we make the tournament my freshman year. Tyler, it's the first time Clemson's been at the tournament since I think, uh, gosh, who was a good, was it Barnes was there or something. It's been a while. We make the tournament pernell is like on one crazy, like ready to go. He didn't like her focus. So we, we get, we get going. We have practice at home before we take off to Tampa. So we have practice at home an hour and 45 minutes into practice. Purnell gets pissed, kicks everybody out of practice. But we still have to fly down to Tampa. So as soon as we get to Tampa, we practice at Tampa U for another two hours, do the whole freaking practice again because he's straight, he's like like ready. He's like he's chomping at the bit because he's never won a tournament game. And so we get down there, we go, and then we practice there. So the next day, you're not playing the game. You're, you know, you get there two days early. We had um Walk through in the morning, so we had like a, you know, 9 to 10.30 in the morning thing where you go, you shoot free throws, you walk through things, you go back, you eat something. We had media practice, which for you guys was like a dunk contest and like some shooting because I remember seeing your guys' stuff. Yeah, Purnell liked to practice practice in front of people. So like we're out there practicing, like full core pressure, going through what the other team's going to do. We're we're 100% full go. Spatino. Yeah, that's that's another hour. So after that, he wants to go over – he's not like – we go back to practice again at Tampa University again that night. So keep in mind, 48 hours, five practices. Next day, we play the game. We're playing Villanova. And that morning, you have your media shoot-around. We didn't go hard, but we went hard enough to where, like, it felt it. And then – He wanted to do some things away from the cameras, so we went to Tampa again. Seven practices or shoot-arounds within, what is that, about 36 to 48 hours prior to the game. And then we got up 20 in the first half and just ran out of gas. Just completely ran out of gas. It was the craziest thing. I remember – plus, you remember, like, the media and everything, the scrutiny is just crazy. It's exhausting. The media itself is exhausting. Yeah. So, like, I just remember (laughs) by the time that game was over, everybody was so tired. And then, like, obviously guys are tearing up and all that stuff because, you know, the seniors are there and all that. But, like, we were exhausted. So
4: people are always asking me, like, what happened? That's what happened. It's sleep. I remember the year that uh, that UNC won it in 2017. Um, we were in one of the the media breakout rooms. Tyler, I don't know if they had this when you were when you made it there, but they you would do the press conference up on the, the the stage, right? And then they would break out all the starters into their own little room, and media would be able to go talk to them. And we were in there talking to Justin Jackson, and I think that one 2017. I want to say where was that? Uh, sure it was, that was uh, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah Phoenix. Um, and so Justin Jackson's family had made the trip out, and everyone was like, so you had a chance to talk to your family at all? He's like, no, I'm spending all my time with you guys, completely dead man. <laughs> I just looked at us, so and we're all like, uh sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of media coverage, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like,
3: it's, He's a it's good kid. Like, I'm it surprised he came off that way.
4: It, no, it was – he was making a joke, but it was just oh, kind of okay. like the way, that, yeah, the way the way that he said it, like completely deadpan, was just kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, my bad, dude. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah, Trevor, what else, what do we got?
6: Well, we got Yuli. Shout out to Yuli in the chat. He wants to know your guys's take on Butler Villanova tomorrow, and it's also his dad Rami's birthday, so I have to give him a shout out. Happy birthday to Yuli's dad. And what are your thoughts t- on Butler? Uh, yeah,
4: all Villanova, all Villanova. Oh, okay. All of but shout out what, what's uh what's Yuli's dad's name? Rami. Rami. Happy birthday, Rami. Tell him uh tell him to get in the chat. He's not a, he's not he's not really living up to the uh to the to the Yuli to the is it Bernstein? Is that Yuli's last name? To the yeah. Bernstein name yeah. until he's just trolling our chat. Yuli's dad is asleep.
5: I guarantee it. <laughs> happy birthday, Yuli's dad. Rami, enjoy your birthday, sir. Enjoy
4: your birthday, sir.
6: Jared wants to know what you guys thought of the Duke call. And if they're still going to make the tournament,
4: well, Duke's going to make the tournament. But um, I thought that that—I don't think that it matters whether or not there was actually a foul on the play itself, because the foul was called and it was very clearly called with time still left on the clock, right? So it the wasn't fact the fact overruled. that they didn't call it; it was the execution of what occurred because of the foul.
5: That well, was, no, uh, I
4: can—I can tell you, I can tell you pretty much. Uh, so this is what happened i talked to someone that was uh, at the game right a source on uh that was on one of the benches and he said basically what happened was the officials called the foul they went to the monitor and basically to review like did it happen before the the time expired and he said the guy that called the foul you could see him watch the replay see it was clean and it was just one of those things where his face dropped oh my god from being like I, I knew it was right, and then he was like, "Oh shit, I might have gotten this wrong." Because they're playing it on the big screen at JPJ, and the crowd there's thirteen thousand people there going absolutely nuts, screaming at him. So I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if I want to say this is, but if if I had if I had to bet, what happened was that they saw saw the replay, thought that they got it wrong, and they came up with some bullshit reason to. That's crap to not have it shoot that that's my guess is what actually happened now that's what actually went through those guys heads you you have to ask them what went through their heads but <laughs> the acc put out a statement that said that they what they did was wrong so my guess is that they saw the replay changed their minds thought they got it wrong came up with some excuse to to not have it go through so that's that's my issue it doesn't matter whether or not there was actually a foul on the play a foul was called it was a legal foul that was called and free throw should have been shot Do you think it was a foul if
5: from the angle where you're watching television, I thought it was a foul.
3: Was I, a I thought it was body. a foul too. I'm still unclear on the rule. So if there is the time has expired, but the ball is still in flight, he can get fouled with uh, mm-hmm. no time on the clock, and it's still a foul, right? As so long as he, he
4: it, releases it. Like if the shot goes up and the shot's going to count. If you get fouled after you release the shot, but the the buzzer has already gone off, then it's still a foul.
2: Yeah. I, I so didn't for know example, that rule.
5: Like the cylinder rule. Like the cylinder rule. If a guy yeah. shoots a three, the balls let go, buzzer goes off, it's midway through flight, and somebody doesn't let him land. Even though the buzzer went off, it can still be a foul because it was part of the shot that went before. Is that a good way to explain that? Yeah.
3: My other question is if, if a guy jumps, how is the ball not in flight? So what I'm saying is, he goes up for a shot like that. Is the ball in flight there when he takes his jump for a jump shot?
4: How is that not a ball in flight? No, I think it. I think it has to like it has to be like if the shot is going to count, if you shoot. Does it, it say released? Count, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, or on, if like the, the, the foul, loose. or if the or if you don't release it in time, but the foul happens, but there's time still on the clock. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. Either you. either way, whatever happens is that Duke should have been shooting free throws, and the referees got that one wrong. And I yeah. think that my mm-hmm. guess is what happened is they saw the replay and they found a way to change their minds and make it sound like it was legal. Man, let me ask you guys. It was, this. was a brutal. It was a brutal
5: and I, situation. And, I think Jay, and John I know did the, his interview today. He was like, "Man, I'm still pissed." Like that's a, that would have been a he huge road win. He, 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 he should have been in his
3: mind. Yeah, K would have
4: definitely. I can't imagine what would happen if they did that to Kay. What's hey? What's scary if you're an official? Thirteen thousand UVA fans screaming at you, or Coach K staring at you?
3: Coach K, no question. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
4: Coach K could have one of those refs pulled. Guarantee it. Hey, what's your relationship like with 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 him, Tyler? I don't
3: I don't Do you know, know Coach K that well. I like Coach K actually,
4: uh, but I don't really know him that well. Trevor, we got anything else? Nope. Let's go to toast. All right, To go ahead. Uh, how about uh, the people of Lubbock? Toast to
5: you. After I dogged your team there, I mean, you got more work to do. But that being said, you win against those those terrible people of Austin. You got your win. Toast to you guys. You des- You're doing you everything you
4: can to get back in their good graces. We you deserve. You see deserve a win. It. Lubbock. I see through it. It is I a tough. It. it is a tough
5: journey right now for the people of Lubbock you deserve it it's been a tough year
3: cheers to you cheers
4: Tyler what do you got
3: I'm gonna go out to this is gonna be a little weird but I'm gonna give it to Miami I really like Isaiah Wong and the way he plays I know they beat my Tar Heels tonight but I respect that I think the team's playing really well so uh they're a fun group to watch
5: that's big that's big of you Tyler
4: that's big of you that is that is So I haven't actually been on a show since uh, Jonathan Chambachachua has played. So my toast is going to go out to JTT, going to go out to the guy that uh, there was a time when they didn't think he was going to be able to walk again. And here he is less than a year later, and he's come back and he's playing at 11 points tonight, three boards. Uh, I think that he kind of changes what this Baylor team can be. Great to see it. Great kid. Great ambassador for the sport. So uh, for Terrence Oglesby, for Tyler Hansbrough. My name is Rob Doster. For Producer Trevor, can never forget Producer Trevor, Field of 68 After Dark, see you guys tomorrow
7: night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.